And so for this whole month of February, we've been talking about love. I know you heard from Daniel Naaman last week singing about love. We spoke the week before that about um, unconditional love, about that agape love that we read about in the Bible. And the week before that, we spoke about romantic love, eros, and pragma, the romantic love that sometimes, with luck and hard work, can make it into a gentler form and a longer-lasting form of love between people. So to continue on with those Greek words for love, we are going to talk this week about philia, brotherly love, and storge, or storge, depending upon um, which school of thought you use. But anyhow, it is the love between family, the love of family. So when we say brotherly love, a great example of that from our Christian Bible is the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan saw somebody beat up on the road. He didn't know the guy. He wasn't going to be best friends with the guy. He never met him. He didn't have good thoughts about him or bad thoughts about him. He simply saw that he was a man in need, and he took care of him. And that is philia. And that is the love that we are called upon to have for all beings, knowing that all people are our brothers and sisters. Lean on me when you're not strong. I'll be here for you. Hard to do sometimes. A lot easier to do for the people that we know and that we consider our friends, but hard to do for the people that we don't know. And yet, it's not exactly agape. It's not that unconditional love of God, that unconditional, eternal love. But it is, I love M. Scott Peck's um, definition of love, which is that we would extend ourselves beyond our own good for the good of another. That's a beautiful definition of love for me, of brotherly love. And it explains a lot. It explains heroics. It explains men who will go into war to fight for people that they don't know. It explains why um, people will do all kinds of heroic things in order to save other people, often people that they don't know, without thinking, will jump into the lake to save a drowning child that they never met before. That is brotherly love, and that is something divine as well. And that brotherly love can be um, deepened. I want to read to you a couple of scriptures. So from Luke 6.28, these are words from Jesus the Christ. And we're coming into the Easter season, so I'm going to be talking about Jesus some, as well as contrasting it with, um, with scripture from other places. So, bless those who curse you and pray for them who insult you. That's in Luke. And Jesus says in Matthew, But I tell you, love your enemies and bless those who curse you and do good to the persons who hate you and pray for the person who persecutes you. That means even if people don't like you, you are asked to love them anyway. In the beautiful words of Dr. Martin Luther King, which I shared a couple of weeks ago, that doesn't mean you have to like them. It just means you have to love them means you have to open your heart to the fact that they are humans, too. 
If any of us is worthy, then all of us are worthy because we are one and the same. We were born equal. We were born equal, not just under the law, but under the law of nature, under the law of God. And as it says in Corinthians, love keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't keep score. Ooh, now we're talking about a much deeper love. Because I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I keep score. I was like, I've unloaded the dishwasher seven times this week, and you can't even put your dirty cup into it. That's, that's sort of a score thing. But that carries us beautifully, actually, that example to storge, to familial love, the love that we have for family, the deep and caring bond that develops naturally between parent and children, husbands and wives, siblings, and also others who are close enough to be called family. So that's the mama bear love. That's the love that will give its life for a friend. That is the fierce love that no matter how much of a jerk you are, I'm going to love you anyway. Because I just love you that much. It's derived from the Greek philosorbos, which means to love tenderly. And in order to get a better definition of it, I'm going to tell you what its opposite is. Asorgos means without natural affection, heartless. And as the Apostle Paul says, love that asorgos, that without that kind of love, gossips, slanders, hates, is insolent, arrogant, boastful, does not have understanding, does not have loyalty, nor mercy. So that is living without that sorge love. That is what we become. We become people who see other people as commodities. And so we are happy with them when they are doing good for us, and we are unhappy with them when they are not doing good for us, regardless of how they're doing for everybody else. That is the love that's based on our judgment of them, on our valuation of their worth. That is a Storgus love. But Storgus love is wise, it's loyal, it's loving, it's merciful. It doesn't matter how many times you mess up. I'm going to keep forgiving you because I love you that deeply. It's, respect, it's respectful and it's humble and it shares the truth. It doesn't spread rumors, but it shares the truth. Um, what Paul went on to say is that it's wise, it's understanding. When he says wise, understanding and listening. Storge love bothers to understand, to open enough to apply empathy, to step into the shoes of another and see what it might be like to be them and to make our actions um, spring from that, from that knowing. We listen. We stop keeping score. We forgive. As Jesus said, when his, when his disciples said, so how many times should you forgive somebody? Like seven? And Jesus said, 70 times seven, if that's what it takes. Basically, the apostles all went, like that little emoji on your phone. What? 70 times seven. It means it doesn't matter. And guess what, y'all? Here's why it doesn't matter. Because forgiveness is not about them. Forgiveness is about the kind of love that you have. Forgiveness is what comes from you, and it has nothing to do with the other person at all. 
It has to do with the purity of the love inside of you. That love is humble. There's no better than. There's no hierarchy. It's like, I love you as long as you pay me my proper due. That is not Storga's love. It's a love that's willing to sacrifice, whether that means time or money or energy, and in some cases, even life. And here's the thing I think that separates it mostly from all the other kinds of love. And here's the deal, y'all. It's not just, oh, I'm practicing this kind of love right now, or oh, I'm this kind of love right now. They're all mixed together. It's not linear. It's not linear. It's all mixed together. But there are certain people in your life who you recognize that you love in certain ways. And when you know you have Storgas love, familiar love, familial love, is when you can love no matter what. Now, let me tell you, loving no matter what and forgiving 70 times 7 does not mean that you line up for abuse over and over and over again. Let me be clear about that. There's nothing loving about that. If you're not loving yourself, then you're not practicing love. And if you love yourself, you're going to keep yourself out of situations that are harmful to you. You can love someone without putting yourself in the way of their behavior that might be harmful to you. So I do want to say that. But love means the people that you just love no matter what. Love is, this kind of love is the love that tells the truth. The love that loves you enough to say, hey, I adore you. There's nothing you will ever do that will make me not love you. But I need to let you know that what you're doing right now is really harmful to yourself and others. And if you get mad at me, that's okay. I've got big shoulders. I can stand it. I need to tell you this truth as I perceive it because of my deep love for you. And I love you enough that if you want to put me out of your life for that, I will live with that because it is important enough. I love you enough. I want you to hear and know the truth. Now, that takes a lot of wisdom. It takes a lot of thought. It takes a lot of character. It takes a lot of boundaries. This is not an excuse for us to start telling other people what our opinions of them are and what they should do. But do you have somebody in your life that has called you out gently and lovingly? Not like, you jerk, but like, you know, you're better than that. I didn't like saying what you did today. Because I know that's not who you really are. But if you keep behaving like that, other people will begin to believe that's who you really are. And if you keep behaving like that, you may become that. And I don't want that for you because I love you that much. That I'm willing to put our friendship on the line by telling you this. I think there are not too many people in our lives who will do this for us, but those are the people who may be the most valuable people that we ever have in our lives. They're the people who we realize one day, or maybe we don't realize it, but if we think long enough, or if we get put into a tight enough situation, we will suddenly realize, oh, this is family. I may not have met them until I was 30 or 40. May not have known anything about them before. But when I'm in the depths 
this is a person who I can call and know that I can trust to treat me tenderly and truthfully. When I get lost, this is a person to whom I can say I'm lost. Do you have any tips on how I can get found again? And to me, that is familial love. Now, there are people who were born into your family of origin who you may not have that relationship with. You may or may not have that relationship with anybody in your family of origin. That doesn't matter. It's, it's cool if you do. But the truth is, there will be people in your life who will become your family if you allow them. If you open up enough to let them in. And I meant to ask Bob's permission before I told this story, and I didn't, so I'm just going to ask for forgiveness <laughs> after I get back home. So um, part of, you know, Bob and I have been together for 30 years. We've been married for 27 years. Um, anyone, and when you congratulate us, we will say, yes, thank you, because we worked hard for it. It didn't all come easy. And, well, it's not easy today, let me tell you. But it's beautiful today, and, and I know that this is a love that I can rely on. And there was a time in my life, in our lives, when um, we were dealing with addiction and co-addiction. And it tore us apart for a time. We each had to deal with our own addiction and co-addiction before we could come back together again. And... For me, once I was apart enough and worked on myself hard enough, what I realized was that I had a choice. I could either go back and continue the marriage or I could go forth and lead a different life. And I didn't really know what to do for a long time. I kept asking the question. And the answer that I got was, if you don't know, it's not time to do anything. Just sit where you are. Sit where you are. And I got the answer very clearly one day when uh, a very, just does, it doesn't really matter what the story was, but a tragedy happened in our family, in my family, not the family that I was born into. And the first and only person I needed to call to let him know, to help me handle it, was Bob. And that day I went, oh, he has become my family the kind of family that you can't really get rid of. <laughs> the kind of family that you love no matter what. The kind of family that you forgive 70 times seven and that, believe me, he's had to forgive me 70 times seven plus I don't know what else. I have a few, a very few other friends in my life who will call me on my stuff, who will say, yeah, that's not you or who will sort of allow me to work through it myself and say, I'm so glad you said that because if you hadn't at some point, I was gonna have to break in and tell it to you. So I'm glad you figured it out, but I'm here for you while you figure it out. You have those people in your life. If you don't have those people in your life, then you perhaps need to open up your heart a little more, be a little braver and allow it in. Allow it in, because there are people who can be there for you like that. There are people in this church community who I have seen over and over and over again 
be there for one another in exactly that way. They are family. We are family. That is a bond that cannot be broken. And I believe this is the most beautiful form of human love. All love is beautiful, but this is the most beautiful form of human love, and it comes the closest to unconditional love. What the Buddhists say, which is the standard for unconditional love, which I can't say that I've reached, is that you love everyone's child as much as you love your own child. That you would sacrifice for anyone's sister as much as you would for your own sister. I'm working on it. I'm not there yet, but I believe in it. I believe it exists, and I believe that there is a divine oneness, spirit, universe, energy, whatever you want to call it. God is a nice shorthand for me that has that love for me and for all of creation, and that it is a love that I can rely on while I figure it out, while I loop through all these, this human craziness. And figure it all out. And there are people in my life that I can rely on to help me get there too. We are that people for one another. Or we can be, and we should be. Open yourself up to this kind of love. Look around in your life, at the people in your life right now. Use your intuition and your inner wisdom, and you will know who are the people who can be that for you, if you will allow it. I ask you to know that no matter what, you are safe. You are safe in this community. You are safe in the love of the one. And you can allow and experience that kind of love. Know it for your truth. Take in a deep breath. Let's take that into a short meditation. around but didn't exactly use was the word vulnerable. In order to allow ourselves to truly receive love, we must become vulnerable. Nobody's love can get through the armor you have put in place. The walls that you may have built up. And so as you breathe in, I ask you in your mind's eye not to tear down the wall or run out into the world completely psychically naked 
place where there is a wound. And Rumi says the wounded places are the most sacred because that is where the light comes in. Leonard Cohen paraphrased by saying there's a crack, a crack in everything, and that's how the light Breathing in joy, by breathing in gratitude. 
Who you are. 